And we're live for another episode of Athletic Insights. We're joined here today by Cape Breton University's own Ava Prosser. Ava, how are you doing today? Good. Hi, Zach. Thanks for having me today. <laughs> no problem. Thank you very much. How are you keeping busy during COVID right now? <laughs> yes, this is quite the uh, crazy time. I think I'm getting a little bit creative with ways to stay busy, but um, luckily school kept me pretty busy for a while just finishing up exams and stuff and I've decided to take some uh, spring courses from CBU online too so that'll hopefully keep me busy and working out and just working on little projects and stuff around the house it's nice to be home and be spending time with the family too for sure absolutely the the family time is definitely one of the more appreciated aspects that we're all uh, we're all noticing everyone seems to be slowing down a little bit and it's it's kind of nice for a change um, but it looks like we'll be getting back to normal hopefully soon, fingers crossed. Um, Ava, why don't you just take a minute to go over your youth sports background for us. Um, like me, you're obviously um, very, very um, interested and passionate about youth sports, but more specifically Brockville youth sports. You've, you've started some um, Swiss summer basketball camps and whatnot, so why don't you just take a minute to go over your youth sports background and just what the community sports mean to you. Yeah, for sure. Um... Brockville Youth Sports means a lot to me. It's the foundation on how I became an athlete, really, and um, everyone who put their heart into Brockville Youth Sports and the Blazers program. Um, it's just incredible, really. So I grew up playing Blazers from grade five until I was in grade 10. Um, and then I moved on to go play in Ottawa after that. But between grade five and grade 10, I have the best memories from playing in Brockville. And um, now, recently, I've started Swiss Summer Basketball Camp, where um, I've been running camps during the summertime um, for youth in Brockville to play basketball, just because I know whenever I was growing up, it was sometimes a little bit harder. I had to travel sometimes um, a little bit further away to go play basketball in the summertime. So I've just started this small business to bring some more youth basketball to Brockville, which is growing in every aspect, which is awesome. For sure. And Ava, for you, has it always been basketball? What kind of sports were you playing when you were younger? And uh, what made you uh, take that jump in grade five to take basketball more competitively? Yeah, so actually basketball has not been my only sport. And these past few years of only playing basketball have been uh, – strange to say the least um I even found myself sometimes trying to jump in on intramural volleyballs after our <laughs> basketball practices and stuff yeah. um sometimes um but yeah so I actually started off figure skating um which I really loved but um once I got to grade five I I started playing basketball in grade four when I tried out for my school team um and I got cut so Obviously, I was going to like basketball after that, right? <laughs> um, right. And so I just really enjoyed the game. They, My school gathered everybody who got fr cut from the basketball team and did kind of a house league tournament still. Um, so there I kind of realized I did like basketball and um, just went with it ever since. But during those years, I kept playing many sports. I was really passionate about soccer, volleyball, um, Loved running and track and field, too. Um, did a little bit of badminton in my high school days. Uh, Me, too. Yeah, it's a must. <laughs> Definitely. It's a tough one. 
yeah great for lateral lateral movement though i find um, yeah for sure but uh so you mentioned there that you've gone through the blazers system and uh in grade 10 did you start playing in ottawa what was that transition like and, and what did you learn from that um yeah so in grade 10 um i sat down with my parents and we said maybe it's time i moved to the ottawa league just for better exposure the jewel league had had um, a great reputation they the team that i went into had pretty much a hundred percent success rate of people who went to go play there went on to play university or college after that and that's where my goals started shifting whenever i was in grade 10 that i knew i wanted to play after university and this was just a step to get me into a more competitive league um so it, it was a tough transition for sure i went from playing with all my best friends to playing on a team where I didn't know anyone. I was the outsider. We were traveling an hour and a bit to practice every day and stuff. So it, it was a tough transition, but I'm really glad I did do it. <laughs> yeah. You got to do those things that, that get you out of your comfort zone. And when you made that transition was there, did you notice uh, from the Brockville organizations to the Ottawa league you were playing in? What was the, what was the biggest jump? Was it speed was it coaching? Was it a combination of things? Um, like, how did it challenge you and push you forward individually? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things was that all of the players there had um, an incredible skill set. And from each of them, I was able to um, learn a, whether it be a new move or, hey, this girl is really good on the court because she's really fast or she rebounds really well. Um, so I think really just playing with a higher level, higher um, level level of players really was um, really crucial to bringing me to that next level, really. And for sure. And when did you when did you realize that it wasn't just your dream, but it was a reality? What did your recruiting process look like? Were you reaching out to to programs, or did they start the process? Yeah, the recruiting process is definitely uh, a little bit scary at times and stuff, and. Uh, at the time, I could see all my teammates were getting recruited come September. Some of them were committed in grade 11 already, right? And uh, right. my process was a little bit different. I, My coach basically told all of us, go look for schools that you would want to go to, write down a list of them, and send it to me. Because I have, like, she had so many connections with coaches and coaches were coming to her to talk to her about players. And she said, basically, I, I don't want to waste any anyone's time if I'm trying to set you up with the wrong school or anything. So write down a list of um, places that you would like to play for, send them to me, and I'll see what I can do. So from there, I'm, I'm honestly, to this day, not really sure how it all worked out with Cape Breton University, whether my coach, I should ask my coach that actually, whether he reached out first or whether my Ottawa coach reached out first. But um, from there, Fabian from Cape Breton um, contacted me and a few other schools and stuff. So um, that's kind of how my recruiting process started. Very and how did you and your family start to navigate the attention? So it came for you in grade 12 then? Um, yeah, grade 12. I think I may have had an offer a little bit earlier than that in the, in the summer before grade 12, but grade 12 was really when, um, things started happening and it's, a uh, it's an unknown territory, really. Um, I was kind of the first one in my family to go through that, um, route and, um, uh, mm -hmm. 
we uh I guess my coach in Ottawa was really good she would tell us what you should be looking for she had been through the process a lot so um she was really really helpful um in telling us what to look for in schools and I think that's really what helped us out otherwise it it is really foreign you don't really know what what is a good offer from a school right what what are you looking for that sort of thing so well one of the biggest things Ava that we're trying to do with this podcast is just have really open um, just conversation debate whatever you want to call it about recruiting and a lot of the issues that everyone are talking about on my podcast on my podcast excuse me are essentially that other than hockey there's no direct infrastructure for recruiting in Canada whether it's men's football like I played or women's basketball as you're playing, because essentially the schools are operating on budgets that are too small. So one of the things that I'm trying to do with the podcast is to bridge that gap. So we're going to share the information that we have about the recruiting process with the next generation. So I appreciate, um, I appreciate the input you were able to um, provide there because everyone's recruiting process looks a little different. Um, you mentioned there that you had a coach that helped put you in contact. Was that the coach from Ottawa that you were uh, playing with? Um, yes, it was my coach from Ottawa. And funny enough, her name is Fabian and my new coach's <laughs> name is Fabian. Um, Very cool. Yeah, so Very cool. Fabian reached out to Fabian or the other way around. <laughs> Something like that. Well, either, yeah, either way, you're, you're good. So um, one of the questions I had for you was, you know, I've, I've been around you a little bit through a starter company and I actually came and did uh, some jump mechanic stuff with your basketball players one year. I wanted to know where does your motivation come from? Like, what does your process look like when you decided to, what did your process look like when you decided that this is my goal and you committed to Kate Breton and you took that, that, that soft step, that next step to the next level. Did you change things you were doing in the summer or did you keep your process kind of uh, consistent throughout high school? I think my motivation has come from a variety of different sources. Um, But one source that's always stayed, consistent is um my internal motivation and Mm -hmm. that just comes from the mindset of um being happy but never being satisfied always working with the mindset of how can I do more right now I know I'm capable of doing more right now I know I can I have more potential than this what can I do to get there sort of thing so that and I think that goes through all of life like even right now when we have this time um during this pandemic where I'm at home, I, I'm, I'm thinking of ideas of what, how can I better myself right now? Is there some courses I can take online? Um, so mm-hmm. I think that's just like an earn, internal mindset. And then motivation really, I find it in a lot of things. Um, quite honestly, sometimes it's just a motivational video on YouTube that I'll sit down mm-hmm. and watch. Um, but yeah, and as for summers, every summer has looked honestly quite different in, um, for my university sport um i try to learn a lot from older players on how to spend my off season um and really one of the best things to do is to stay connected with your teammates um whether it be a weekly call of hey what did you do this week um or a daily text of hey i just worked out doing this and just motivating each other like that just so that you feel like you are together working out, even if you are a thousand kilometers apart. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, guys, do you have any individual habits or routines that, that help you stay on track or, or does your Kate Breton basketball team, is there anything that you guys are doing right now to stay, uh, 
just just on the same path, right? Just unified. Yeah, for sure. Um, every, I guess it's different right now, but we um, usually, as soon as we are away from the university, we get sent a package um, which details specific um, three shooting workouts a week that we need to do three weightlifting workouts a week and three running workouts a week that we do. Um, this time is a little bit different because obviously gyms aren't open for us to go to and everyone has different resources at home. And, um, for example, in Nova Scotia, it's it's still snowing outside (laughs) right right now. Um, so right now is a little bit different. Um, but we have been sent out, um, a bunch of different resources for us to use to keep ourselves in shape right now. For sure. And I know some of the things that you wanted to talk about today, Ava, were you wanted to talk a little bit of about Cape Breton's basketball program. So if you want to touch about touch on the men's and women's basketball programs and then also um, just choosing your school and, and, and being so far away from home. Can you shed some light what it was like going from Brockville all the way to is it PEI? Uh, Cape Breton Island in Nova Scotia. Cape, Cape Breton Island. Okay, Nova Scotia. Exactly. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so making that big jump of living in a small town where you know everyone, everyone knows you, to um, going to a place where you don't know anyone, um, was it was a little bit scary at first, I will admit. I, uh, I'll always remember my parents. We t- took a little road trip down there, my whole family, the first time they dropped me off, and we took um, our RV. We drove down in the RV all the way to Cape Britain together, and I, I remember them leaving, and I remember sitting in my dorm room and going, oh, wow, what now? I don't even know my way to the gym. (laughs) (laughs) I I I remember a moment like that, too. I was almost my when my mom dropped me off her first year, I was kind of almost mad. Like, what does she expect me to do? (laughs) Just take do everything now. So I I can definitely relate to that one. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and the Cape Breton basketball program, it's it's great. It's competitive. It's. all the athletes are super passionate. And one unique thing about Cape Breton University is that we do only have two sports there. So there is um, soccer and basketball. Um, so lucky for us, that means that us as basketball players are the only ones using the gym um, right. for varsity athletes. So uh, we have like full day access. You're allowed to get in there and shoot anytime, uh, which is unique and amazing and you'll see players in there all day which is super awesome and super motivating um so that's a great part of the program um and yeah it's it's always been a a competitive program i know our our men's team had a little bit of a dip there for a bit and then they're working their way back up so they've been awesome to watch too and what are what are some of the program goals that you have? Do you have goals personally as as an individual with all the like the motivation and especially the, the internal motivation you spoke about earlier? So, what are your goals uh, moving forward? Do you have what do you have left? Two years of eligibility, you said. Yeah, two years. And ha- and what would you like to accomplish with those two years and moving forward? Yeah, so I really would like to um, just be an impactful player for the university I have spent my time sitting on the bench for a little bit doing my time just like every young player does and stuff and I think in my last two years I really just want to be 
an impactful player all around for the school. Absolutely. Well, especially in your last couple of years of eligibility, it's your time now. I've, I always preach the first couple of years, you, you might be paying your dues. You might be learning how to watch film. You might be learning how to be coached by your coach. But the last couple of years of eligibility is where your coach just kind of pulls the reins off and says, you're in. So what, uh, what do you see for yourself now that you, you're going to have a, an uptick in minutes? Yeah, the first few years are definitely quite the, the learning curve. And now that I see myself potentially going into having a few more minutes, I really just want to embrace it. It's it's scary to think that this could be my last two years of basketball. It's it's sad to think about, but I really just want to cherish every moment moment of it. And I I really do want to win an AUS banner while we're there. So I think that's the ultimate goal. Just to For get sure. Us that That'd be big. That'd be huge. Um, and what do you want, like young hoopers, what do you want the next generation of basketball, especially female basketball players in Canada, to know about the next level? I think they really just need to know that um, it's competitive, but if you work really hard at it, you can make yourself get there that um yeah i think that's really what i want them to know is that it's competitive it's hard you're gonna have to dedicate essentially your whole life to the sport um but it it is an awesome lifestyle (laughs) for sure but what what was the transition like going so from high school ball to to youth sports women's ball I know you said you didn't get a ton of minutes, but but even practicing with the older girls and the level of competition coming up, it, it must require more from you as an individual as well, right? Yeah, for sure. And the big transition is that the girls are a lot bigger and stronger. Um, really, is the biggest transition because when you're in high school, the oldest person that you're going to play against really is 18 or 19. And then you go from being, sometimes you're, 17 or 18 when you go off to university and there's some 26 year olds in the league there's some mm-hmm. 27 and they they're just stronger um really so I think that was the biggest transition going from high school to university it's just you really need to get stronger yeah I definitely I'm biased I'll leave that there strength is very important um <laughs> One of the things, too, for basketball is it's not just strength, but it's having that, that force development readily available. I see a lot of people now – basketball is a sport, I think, that really gets what strength and conditioning should look like for that sport. I don't see a lot of basketball players you know, destroying their bodies in the gym the way you see some football players, myself included. Um, what I see is them move, moving lower weights at really high velocity, and that's really important for basketball players. Uh, obviously, we could go into to that in more detail, but what I want the young kids, especially the young female athletes, to understand, a point that you touched on that I really like, is if you can get stronger in high school, you're really going to stand out to the scouts because then they're going to know you're physically capable for the next level. So I think that was just important to touch on. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you and you had mentioned, you know, once you get to university, you have three practices, three strength and condition. What is your what is your what's Cape Breton's structure like when you're uh, not dealing with co- uh, Corona virus? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, really. So that um, what I said before, that's for our off season training, and then right. whenever we're in season, um, we'll have a two hour practice to 
together as a team per day, six days a week. Um, and just because of scheduling this year, we had that at six in the morning. So um, we would have our six to eight a.m. practice, and then throughout the day, while we have school, um, we would either be doing one of the three things. You would either be doing an individual workout with the coach for an hour shooting by yourself or, um, lifting. So twice a week we lift, um, once to twice a week, you have an individual practice with the coach. And then, um, you're just expected to be in the gym shooting as much as you can basically. And that, and that really seems from who I've talked to, uh, uh, across Canada, that seems to be the model. A lot of the basketball teams are following. So that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Um, but with respect to time management, like, do you want to just paint a picture for the young athletes who who might be listening to this podcast and they're trying to learn from you? What does your life actually look like during the week, during the week in season specifically? Yeah. So it's, um, (laughs) I definitely realized how busy it was whenever I took a step back during this pandemic really. And I, I just went, wow, I have so much free time right now. Um, so a typical day, really my, my day would look a little bit different right now, just because I, um, decided to take on a full course load while I'm working on my chemistry and engineering technology degree. So, um, I would wake up in the morning, have our two hour practice between eight 30 and 5.30, I would have an average of six hours of classes and then either the individual practice, shoot or lift, or meeting with professors, tutoring, that sort of thing. Um, and then I actually worked on campus as well. So I, uh, three times a week, I would either work 5.30 to 8.30 or 8.30 to midnight. Um, other than that, I would spend my night at the library, go grocery shopping, meal prep, um, yeah, so it, it's a busy day. It's a full jam-packed day, and you take your days off with a grain of salt, definitely. <laughs> For sure. And one thing I, I wanted to chat about you with is uh, one of the things I've noticed, not necessarily in women's uh, basketball in Canada, but just very, very, uh, very apparent in the NBA and, and the way basketball seems to be molding is basketball is becoming so positionless. And I think right now is we're kind of at a crossroads between the old-school basketball that seems to be dying, the systems – the, the tough defense to get to the, the foul line. And obviously now it's, it's switching to this, uh, this really high IQ style of basketball where players are understanding um, where statistical scoring should come from. They're understanding how important defensive ratings are, et cetera. So um, with respect to basketball become posi- being, becoming um, positionless, what do you think the youth sports coaches, what, what, what things can we do with young basketball players to kind of get them ready for that next step? Because when you're in elementary school and high school, whether you're a male basketball player or a female basketball player, you tend to get boxed. You know, you're a guard, you're a forward, and then there's the tweeners, the guys and the girls that play the 2-3 position and maybe even the 3-4. Um, what, what sort of things can we do to get them ready for that jump when they're going to go to university and be asked to do certain things they might not have been asked to do in high school? Yeah, exactly. I like what you said there. That's for sure the way basketball is moving right now. And um, as I was growing up, I definitely noticed that strategy of, oh, you're going to be a point guard and that's it right now, or you're going to be posting, that's it. Um, And now that I'm in university, I've played one through five. I'm five foot eight and I've played one through five right now. So it really is a positionless sport once you get to this level. And 
I think the biggest thing that youth coaches can be doing right now is teaching even your point guards right now, teach them how to post up, teach them how to defend the post because that's, that's going to be crucial for even if you get a switch and a mismatch in a game off of a screen or something like that. Um, And that's going to help them at the next level really. And teach your post how to ball handle as well. (laughs) And teach everyone to play straight up man to man defense. Yes, exactly. For sure. That's a big one. Um, Ava, I just wanted to take a minute to, uh, you know, sports isn't linear. There, there's ups and downs. And as you've mentioned, you've spent a little bit of time on the bench. So what are some things that you've used to help you persevere through through the highs and lows you've experienced as an athlete? Yeah, for sure. It's definitely not a linear path. Um, so I think some of the things that I've used to help myself persevere is really having a team first mindset. I think as athletes, we tend to um, measure our success based on, oh, how many minutes am I getting? How many points am I getting? Um, that sort of thing. And that ultimately, a lot of times will just lead you to unhappiness because mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. athletes, we're always going to, you're going to want to be playing 40 minutes a game if you can, right? But whenever you take a step back and you think, what can I be doing for my team? And, oh, maybe somebody else is playing over me and I'm not mad about that now. I'm happy because they're contributing Mm -hmm. this for the team. So I think that was one of the biggest things is just switching my mindset from, Oh, I'm not getting to any playing time to backing up and saying, my team's doing awesome right now. (laughs) And I'm going to work hard so that I can be a contributor to that. Well, one of the biggest things that basketball taught me um, just playing grades, uh, 10, 11, 12 in high school at, at BCI, um, I was being coached by Tom Bell and, and uh, Reese Larry's dad, Pat Larry. Uh, thank, thank God for that. Because what they taught me was uh, basketball is a game that a lot of different athletes can impact in a lot of different ways. Um, so for example, I wasn't necessarily a very skilled basketball player, but I got to start a lot of my high school because we had guys that could score and all I needed to do was rebound, play defense and, you know, hit 70, 80% of my free throws. That's my role. So knowing your role, but also understanding that like you can impact the game immediately after a mistake. Like what's next. One of the things you see more in, in high school sports uh, as opposed to university sports, it kind of gets coached out is, you know, if I miss the layup on a fast break in high school, I might throw my hands up and take five seconds to pout about it and then go play defense. But then you get that coached out of you and you put your foot in the ground and you go make a play and you get a steal. And that's the play you need to make. So basketball what it taught me as an athlete in general is it's always about what you can do next, not what just happened or what's occurred. What, what do you think about that as, as a, a much more high level basketball player than myself? <laughs> no, I think that's exactly right. That hustle, pay, hustle plays and garbage points. You can live off those as a basketball player. It really is effort. Effort um, really can drive you as a basketball player and get you those minutes, which is, awesome for the sport because it means you don't have to be uh, born with all these talented skills to be able to play the game. You can learn those talented skills and you can be the person who's diving on the, bo- on the ground for a loose ball. And, and that's what coaches are looking for really is who, what player is throwing their body on the line to hustle for the ball. <laughs> I remember actually one time in uh, grade 12, I actually broke my left thumb in the last game of the football season for BCI 
And then obviously basketball tryouts were starting. So Tom Kirsten was coaching that team. And at the time he said, get healthy and just, just come back when you're ready. And well, other than saying no and practicing with the team with my cast on <laughs> one of the, one of the other things um, I got out of that season was actually, you know what, Ava, I had a brain fart. So <laughs> we're going <laughs> to leave that story. Give me a sec. That story's going to come right back to me, but um, I want to, uh, I want to get your take home message. Like what's your deep, meaningful piece of advice that you want to uh, pass on to the next generation of young athletes? I'd say from working with the youth and then seeing uh, players come in, even rookies, because even two or three years younger, I'm still learning from them and stuff. Uh, I would say my biggest piece of advice is be confident in your skills and, and let that confidence come from, oh, I've practiced this a million times. That's why I can be confident right now. And I've, I've just I've seen a lot of players – lose quite a bit of their touch I guess just from mm. lack of confidence and, and it's it's disappointing to see you just um but yeah so I think never lose, lose your confidence as a player and believe in yourself because you you can control that and then I guess another take-home message really um for me would be something as I learned as a student not as an athlete but um on my orientation day at CBU there was a speaker in drew dudley and he had said a quote that was uh pretty impactful to me he said work so incredibly hard for good grades and then let that be the least impressive thing about you and mm -hmm. i just thought i can apply that to every part of my life um and if you apply that to sports and you say okay i want to be a great athlete but i want that to be the least impressive thing about me you want the impressive things to be that you thanked the coach after every practice that mm -hmm. you were a great teammate, right? Because when all, this all ends that really your character is what's going to be remembered and help shape the person you become. So. No, that was, Ava, I think that was some of the best advice. And, and I really hope that uh, the young athletes and the parents listening to that, you know, they take that in because uh, one of the things that, I mean, I've learned about you just having this conversation is motivation and hard work. You're the, you're the same recipe as me. That's what got you next level. It wasn't, it wasn't something you were born with. It's something you enjoyed doing. You wanted to make it an impressive part of you, but you also realize if you can make your athletic career, one of the least impressive things about you, you're going to have a really successful and impactful life. So I think that's a really good piece of advice. And just uh, before we sign off here to redeem myself for my brain fart, um, that story I wanted to, uh, that story I wanted to touch base on just about hustle. Um, when I was in grade 12 coaching, uh, being coached by Tom Kirsten on the BCI basketball team, the day that cast came off, my mom said, you're not playing today. You cannot play today. I still had actually the cast on technically. It was supposed to come off later that night <laughs> and I had slid it off at recess or lunch or whatever in high school. And I went and played. Very first play of the game I made was just saving a ball out of bounds, diving into a bag of backpack, a big pile of backpacks. And I just remember the look that Tom Kirsten gave me was, yeah, yeah, we get that you're antsy to get back to this, but you know, know, know the situation. So <laughs> for me at that time, that loose ball seemed like the most important thing. And, and as an athlete, that's kind of how I've always been, but looking back at that specific scenario, I can tell the athletes listening to this now, maybe, maybe save it a little bit, 
don't go jumping into a wall for a loose ball the day you get a cast off. Um, <laughs> but other than that, uh, I wanted just to, to close up here on, uh, on your take home notes. So yeah, hustle, work hard, be respectful to coaches. That's a great message. Ava, thank you so much for your time. And uh, this was season two, episode six of Athletic Insights. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for joining us.